Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Winchester Radio this evening. Uh, Never gets old hearing Jared and Jensen say that. Um, We're going to talk about the season finale tonight of season 14, titled Moriah, um, written by Andrew Dabb, directed by Phil Sagrisha. One of my hopes about this episode is that Phil Sagrisha got some great stuff for the gag reel. He's known to let the camera keep rolling after things. Maybe that'll help save this episode if there's a bunch of stuff for the gag reel. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. Finale. That finale was batshit crazy and not in a good way, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I've seen it twice. I watched it when it aired. I watched it right before this podcast. Um, it has its moments. Uh, they, they're few and far between, and mostly they center around uh, Sam and Dean, as usual. <laughs> uh, just, oh boy! I mean, they they just take stuff that makes no sense or isn't well written or whatever, and they just, they just raise the bar, and they do so well with it. Um, this episode picks up where last week's left off. I know we didn't end up podcasting for last week, but uh, it's probably okay. Um, we can go back and talk about it if you want. It starts with... Nah. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, probably well, be to be fair, start. I hated it less than I hate this episode, so there's that. Well, there is that, um, and it was sort of a build-up to this one, So, and it picks up right where the last week's left off with uh, Jack blowing the Malik box, because I guess an Ephilim is uh, more powerful than an Archangel, which I know it's been, been played like that all along, that he's different, that they don't know, but he's... His mother was human, so I don't know why he's extra powerful in the first place, but that would just, like, take care of, like, two or three seasons of Jack, so never mind. And no, he blows like, the box. In, and in, he, terms of, in terms of, like, what a Nephilim really constitutes in the Bible, it makes sense. He should be, which actually makes other things that happen in this, in this episode and last episode not make sense. But that's the one thing that does make sense, which is why, unlike and Be- Becky and I, will always disagree on this. She likes the idea of nephilims. I hate the idea of nephilims. We will forever disagree on that. Yeah, I like a good nephilim um, story. Unfortunately, this is well, not you like one. a good nephilim story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't There's know. Maybe I word don't know word. enough. I don't know enough about them, but but. I can tell it's a it's a it's an angel and a and a human, and honestly, that's about all I know. What makes him 
special aside from that. Is he more powerful than an archangel? I didn't think there was anything more powerful than an archangel, except for God. Really, technically, depends on what sect of Christianity you embrace the Bible by. In a okay. way, in a way, weirdness. But like, also, I should not be the person to explain this right now. For anybody listening. I had to take an extra muscle last right. day, so like I'm not going to explain things today. Sorry, I just realized I'm going to talk about no, no, no. <laughs> well, you know what? I can go Google. <laughs> when this yeah, because I also but have a tendency just... to get slightly Bible nerdy because I used to read the Bible a lot for fun, but also it's been about mm-hmm. 25 years since I did that. So there's yeah, I'm not going to be the person to do that today. Well, I was, you know. 12 years of Catholic school, so I've read a, a, a fair amount of the Bible for class, for school, and, and but it's been a very long time, <laughs> and I still remember, you know, bits and pieces here and there. I honestly don't remember the Nephilim part. Um, I do know that angels were never human, which and it drives me crazy Supernatural decided to start making angels where well, you, you can't because they were never human. People don't turn into angels. But I digress. Never mind. And I have no no reason to uh, <laughs> no no medical reason that I should be talking like this. So let's move on. Um, Jack had one job to burn that bunker down. He didn't do it. <laughs> he blew up a room. And I think that's interesting because if he is all powerful. He could have blown the bunker, the city of Lebanon, right out of the ground, and he didn't. Um, there are other things he could do, but he didn't. So he was still under some kind of control or still conscious that this was his home. He had Sam and Dean as, as his fathers. So he was obviously very upset because he flings them all. Sam, Dean, and Cass, but again, he could have killed all of them, and he didn't. Um, And then he just takes off. And I see that Cass was still trying to get him saved or given him the benefit of the doubt. And one of my favorite things about actually last episode and this episode was that Dean is still angry at Cass <laughs> and he, he's, he's been angry he didn't stand back he didn't forgive him he didn't change his mind he didn't give him a pass you know and um, I, I actually liked that and I liked Dean saying to him to Cass me and Sam me and Sam as it always is and we'll be through this episode pretty much um, we've killed any kind of monster there is, so we'll handle this one. And I love that because Dean always goes back to that. Um, I like that Rowena will still be around. She was talked to on the phone in this episode, um, but we didn't see her, but she'll still be around, and I, I'm actually still enjoying her story. Um also, Dean sees that Sam's upset about this, and while he's angry 
and adamant about Cass, he tries to be understanding for Sam. I don't entirely believe him, but he wants to say, Sam, you know, I, you know, we'll have to do the hard thing, but I, I, I know you care about him. I cared about him. You know, he was family, blah, but we're going to have to do this. So at least the Dean and Sam parts of this are good. Um, and then they go to Mirror Universe, and that really was just crazy. And Jack has said, uh, stop lying, so everybody stops lying. And I know that scene was meant to be funny, I guess. And everybody stops lying and saying things like, I hate people, and who ate my yogurt, and I did, and I, I'm the stapler queen, and... And I just, you know, I, you get paid double, and I just want to be loved. I'm like, I didn't find it funny. I thought it was sort of too long and frivolous in the middle of a season finale. Maybe it would have been fun in a different episode. Like Dean says, did we walk into a case? It seemed sort of regular to me. Um, it was funny about Sam's favorite singer, Miss Celine Dion, but it made me wonder about the Titanic episode. <laughs> um, and Dean walking up and not being able to lie to the receptionist. And, you know, I'm looking for the devil's son of Dean Winchester. You know, that was pretty funny. But other than that, eh. Um, and then uh, Cass tries to go to hell but ends up finding God instead. So, but, I, I yeah. I want to say first of all. I don't know. That I, in all, all 14 seasons of Supernatural, I was look, I usually get excited for the season finale because I know something big is going to happen. I wasn't excited mm-hmm. for this one at all because this Mm-mm. season has just been such a disappointment. And I say this out of love. As all of us here on the podcast and with the website, the reason we do everything that we do is because we love this show. We love the characters. You know, we've been there since day one. So I say this because we love the show. We know the potential it has, and we know what it has been and what it could be. To kind of say, yeah, there were bright spots. They're still capable. They were still capable. Yeah, and oh my God, this episode was, it, it was so bad. And literally, the first 20 minutes of the episode, did not even need to be there because Chuck appeared, boom, you know, with a snap of his fingers, he made everything that happened in the first 20 minutes irrelevant with the whole lying thing. And so it's like, yep. why were those 20 minutes even written into the episode? They could have done yeah. so much more. And with that, instead of that whole silly office scene, and that was my there was biggest. There no tension. Yeah, it, it, it was. There was no it, it, tension, it was, no stress. Like you said, it's not a season finale. Yeah, it, it was just there was no reason. There was no reason for that to have been twenty minutes. Okay, if you want to have a thing showing that how easy it is for Jack to make worldwide changes, you could have done that in way less than twenty minutes. You know, two three minutes. You know, you could yeah. have had that happen. And that was not. Yeah. Yeah. What happened with this episode is that it came in short. This episode was written and it was complete. If you look at it, we have 
20, I think it was 21 minutes that don't need to be there because, one, they don't fit for a season finale, and, two, they're immediately eradicated. You spend a tire, you t- 20 minutes setting up something that doesn't matter, and then mm-hmm. the very end with the song playing, when you get uh, the, the souls coming out, that played for close to five minutes, I think. Four minutes? I forget. Mm-hmm. I clocked it. I don't remember right now. That tells me that the actual air quote plot of this episode, which was not set up remotely in any other episodes, was 15 minutes. Yeah. Andrew Dobb yeah. needed, or Dab, whatever the hell his name is. I'm so angry with this man right now. I'm so angry and insulted, and I know that I don't sound as angry and insulted as I am. It's just because I'm no. super medicated. I'm so livid because, first of all, he gets paid entirely too much money for what he did. I don't know how much money he makes. I have an idea. Whatever it is, it's too much. It's too much. doesn't matter. It's too much. And- <laughs> And the fact that he had, as a showrunner, less work to do this season than average by the the, the season being three episodes shorter, and by them eradicating the bread and butter of the series, which are the Monster of the Week episodes, of which we had one this season. You can argue we had two, and I'm going to tell you you're wrong, and I don't want to hear it. There was one. And it was one of the one of the handful of good episodes this season. On top of that, you're talking about mint condition, that, right? Yes, I am. Okay. That he took an entire season and did whatever the hell he wanted to to throw a temper tantrum at the network and the viewers for 15 minutes. Because that's all this episode was. It was the absolute epitome of middle-aged white male entitlement gone wrong. It was disgusting. You don't get to take the writer avatar that somebody else created to be self-deprecating of themselves. Because Chuck in season five was a self-deprecating character who was like, guys, I'm real, I'm a neurotic mess, and also, I'm sorry about the situations I put you in. And specifically, um, apologizing for, okay, and I'm going to get to this in a second. He apologized, Chuck, in season five for Brooke 666, which I disagree with, and I think that episode is wholly underrated, and it's one of the episodes that has aged better than any other episode in this series, but I digress. And Bugs, which Kripke wrote, I'm pretty sure. Regardless, it was under his tenure. And then in this episode, Andrew Dab ripped off the same thing. Ripped it off but instead inserted the Men of Letters, Men of Letters, whatever, and season, five, season seven, the Leviathans. So he took swipes at things that he doesn't have to take responsibility for either. So you ripped off something that was done before, 
with the same character, but absolve yourself of any wrongdoing. And right, the because that, the Leviathans is under Sarah Gamble and British Men of Letters is under Jeremy Carver. Well, technically, the British Men of Letters would fall under Andrew Dabb. Technically, okay. they share it because okay. that was season 11, which you can argue. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a semantic thing because they like to say that Andrew took over at the end of season 11, but Jeremy Carver was already out because he was already doing frequency, whatever. The point is, is I will give you the fact that, okay, killer truck, British Man of Letters, you want to blame those both on the duo? Cool. The duo are there to be able to say, fine, we allow this joke. But Sarah Gamble's not there for you to make fun of. And so when you want to mock something as the writer, using the writer as your avatar, then you make fun of yourself. You you say, yeah, and that wayward thing, oof, sorry about that. You make fun of Dark Kaya then. You make fun of... Oh, God, make fun of the Amara. Make fun of Alpha and Omega. Make fun of that episode. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You were too busy ripping that episode off. You were too busy cribbing off yourself. But you were also making yourself look real clever for it. This episode was such a temper tantrum. I don't understand how anybody read the draft of this script and went, Oh, this is this is good. This is clever. You're so clever. Because it really wasn't. It was appallingly masturbatory. It was con- really? it was constant feeling of I'm so clever, I'm so funny. Writers lie. That's what we do. It wasn't cute, it wasn't funny, it wasn't clever. You also completely one nope. eighty'd your entire season. Nothing you did woof storytelling has rules. So you laid out multiple Chekhov guns in the season, multiple, that you did not revisit except for having God pick up an Archangel Blade. That's not revisiting what you did. So you're going to telegraph that. You're going to telegraph whatever that gave Barkaya was. So you're going to telegraph all these things that did not come into play. It was terrible what, what, storytelling. What I think the worst thing he did, and there, I mean, Gab did a lot of, of wrong things in this episode, but to me the worst thing he did was completely rewriting Chuck. I mean, you know, Swan Song, which is my number one favorite episode of all of Supernatural, Chuck was saying, you know, the way he talks about Sam and Dean in the narrate, in the narrative, you know, the narrative as he's narrating the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's he's saying loving things about them and how they chose family, and you know, and how is it that's a point? And I mean, the Chuck that we have seen up until this episode was a loving God. Even you know, just a few when he came back, whenever episodes those were a couple years ago or whatever. When he came back, he was still a good god. You know, his whole scenes with Metatron in the bar. And, you know, he was still a loving, caring god. And then this one just totally changed it up. He, he rewrote, he totally changed 
he, he ignored all of canon about this character. And now it, it changes, not only did, by doing that, did he not only change Chuck, God, he changed the entire series. Because now, you know, it, it's, because as we know, the Winchester Gospels and all that, so we know now that Chuck is basically treating all of this as a TV show, God is, and he doesn't really care about Sam Dean or anybody on the planet, and it, it basically has changed the entire point of, this, of, the, of the show Supernatural. It's entirely changed everything, and it's, it's made everything so depressing because, I mean, I, I'm glad that, you know, I hope that the God I believe in does not feel this way because, oh, my God, to say God. <laughs> Um, it, no it, this is a horrible being. It's horrible. Now, and, now I'd like uh, to. I mean, I'm Catholic, so we fear God anyway. So, uh, okay. My my thing is, and I I partially agree with you, not entirely. I don't. I never saw Chuck as like the squishy sweet guy. I agree with you that the that the characterization is completely off because the stuff that we met. Um, wasn't I didn't see him as malevolent. I saw him as just existing, which God should. But this problem was yeah, he was very to, much was, like he was very much like Alanis Morissette and Dogma for God. He was very much right. like that. But he still, uh, you still got the feeling that Alanis Morissette cared about humans, and I still well, got the and, point the feeling before that Chuck cared about humans. No, he no. If you can't entertain him, he's just gonna kill you off. And well and, and again we go back to we go back to me saying this was Andrew Dad's temper tantrum. It was mm-hmm. oh is it a complaint about the writing? Oh, Jared and Jensen are ending the show? Oh, you didn't pick up either of my spin offs? Well, I'm taking all the toys that are now mine, and I'm breaking them because I can, because I'm God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he did. Even do you now, do you feel I will like? Say, now go ahead, Susan. I I was just I was just gonna like say one thing and then ask a question. Um, uh, my friend Marta, who Becky's met <laughs> um, when we all met David Duchovny last fall, um, she watches Supernatural, but she's not as immersed as we are. And I talked to her and I asked her about this episode last night. And I said, what did you think? And I said, no season finale. And she went, eh. So she was just very meh about it. And, and then she said, she said that Chuck didn't seem like Chuck to her. She said that she said I honestly thought he was someone else. He didn't sound like Chuck to me, and she said it made me wonder if Michael was that. And she her thought about the finale when when uh, Chuck brought the gun was that Cass was going to kill 
Jack. And she said, that way, she said, both of them would be gone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but she saw that as the, a solution. And then she also said she didn't. And this is someone who watches but is not completely, you know, uh, immersed and versed in the, in the fandom and everything else about Supernatural. This is someone not quite, I won't say on the outside, not a casual viewer, a fan for sure, but that was her thoughts on it. And do you think, do you think that, and this is my question, at the end when all the monsters or whatever that Sam and Dean have killed are all coming back, do you think that that is, that they will do that, that'll redo everything, they'll just, you know, they usually do just get rid of it in a couple episodes and season 15 won't be anything about that. And do you think it really does undo everything all over again? Um, you know, Sam and Dean, they killed once, they'll kill him again. Um, or does this tie into the brighter temper tantrum and it's like, this is what, oh, you got rid of them all? Well, I'm going to bring them all back. Or do you think they were trying for some kind of full circle synchronicity or are they just not good enough to be able to do it <laughs> and when you're seeing it completely wrong. Okay. Are, are, yeah. you, are, you, that, are you implying that there's a potential intelligence behind this storytelling? Oh, that's so adorable. Exactly. No. No. no that's exactly uh, what I was going to say. It, it, it ties into exactly, that ties into exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say I, is, I like the thought of the last five minutes, I have good and bad thoughts on it. I like the idea of all of the monsters that they killed coming back because, as you know, I love things from the past coming back, on the, uh, especially on this show. I love characters from the past coming back. I love the thought of seeing some of these monsters again. Like, I knew that actress, of course, playing um, the woman in white was not Sarah Shahi, of course. But I'm pretty sure that was the same actress playing Bloody Mary. And, you know, so stuff like that, I, I, I absolutely love the idea of. But on the flip side, I hate the thought of everything Sam, has and, Sam and Dean have done in their lives being for nothing because it's all back. That all of their work is nothing because it's back. But then, again, like you said, I don't see this being the whole what the whole all of season fifteen is is them chasing all of these monsters down that they've already killed. Like you said, even though supernatural in the last few years with everybody but Kripke and Sarah, what they have done is they set up interesting things but never follow through. So like you said, I guarantee that this will be done with in the first couple of episodes of the next season. Like everything and there'll be something is. else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if, I not, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I'll, I will be extremely thrilled to death if I'm wrong. So I hope I'm wrong. But well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. I don't necessarily hope you're wrong, but I will explain that in a moment. Oh, this is the thing. Okay, so formulaically, the way this show has operated ever since Sarah Gamble left, so I'm 
hesitant to sit, to blame Bob Seger for things, but like he's the only common denominator in what I'm about to say, is every season opens with two to three episodes dealing about what the end of last season was, and then we move on. It, it, it just doesn't, it simply doesn't fail. You can are again, like you can kind of finesse it and say like, no, they didn't do that with the Michael storyline. Yeah, they did. They did because Dean was back within two episodes and then they dragged it out and they dragged it out just so that no one would complain the same way that they complained about Demon Dean. But the reality is the story was done. They just stretched it out to let Jensen put that hat back on and talk in Michael's voice. But the story was done way before that. It really was. But here's my thing about if I'm wrong, I don't want to be wrong, actually, because I don't see the entertainment value in having to go, oh, that's the woman in white. We remember when we we fought her, and we told you how to defeat her now. Let's do that. And doing that with every single thing they've killed before, there's no entertainment value in that for me. I, do, I don't understand, like, what do you, what would you do with that? Like, just dole out the answers to everybody? Like, okay, Cass, you go take care of this. <laughs> it, it, it narratively doesn't work because now they know the answers. The other, when they first encountered these, what, you know, whether it was a ghost or a monster or a demon or whatever, they had to figure out how to kill it. Now they know how. And there's there's zero interest that I have in that, of them just revisiting things and doing the same thing over again, only faster because they understand it now. What's the point? Well, I'm assuming, and again, probably making an ass out of me, but because I'm giving them more credit <laughs> than what they deserve, the writers is what I'm talking yeah. about, I'm saying they, um, is that at spending time in hell, they have powered up. I'm guessing, but uh, I, uh, like I said, that's just silly of me to even think that. Uh, of course, it's going to be extremely simple. Um, but what I would look forward to, if they had powered up, you know, it would have the guys, I would hope, would be back on the road again, not stuck in the bunker. You know, it would be like the first few seasons, you know, on the road, staying in cheesy motel rooms, you know. That's what I want. That's what we've missed for so long. Hope, that's what I want to hope, see back. My hope for for the finale, which of course I didn't really expect to happen, but my hope was that you know it get the bunker burns to the ground and uh, you know takes. I really pretty much all the other the were going to burn because again, so, you don't. This is just not how writing works. Like. I went, I went to school for this. I'm not just talking out of my ass. I learned storytelling. This is what you do. You don't spend an entire season laying out telegraphing of destroying the bunker and then only destroying one room of the bunker. One room. That's not how <laughs> Well, I worked. Entire season. If I was a professor or an instructor, let's not even give me a PhD. Let's just call me an instructor. This season, I would show my class as a how not to tell stories. This is legitimately incorrect storytelling, and not in a clever plot twist way. There are ways where you can subvert storytelling 
and have people go, oh, shit, that was dope. This was not that. This was poorly executed from start to finish. Nothing they did this episode meant anything. I mean, this episode, this season. It's not like it's legitimately nothing. You can take out the entire season and still have the finale because it doesn't matter. Yes, yes. Yep. And after they burned the bunker, I was hoping that next season, with all the other, I just wanted to strip down the show and have Sam Dean and Baby back on the road, and I would have been fine with 20 Monster of the Weeks, you know, or They're not going to do that because they don't like have the ball. What? You can't have that. You just it out. You can't have with a third character who you just can't. It doesn't matter who it is. But because they don't have the balls to actually kill somebody off permanently, not even Jack, then no, we're still going to be stuck with another lame ass myth arc that that's what we're going to go out on. And it's going to be even worse. Yeah, because that whole scene there in the empty. It's Billy and Jack and the Terminator. I mean, it, oh, I hate that so much. That, that is what's Sorry. setting up next season. Not the monsters in the cemetery. Exactly. It's that scene with Billy, Jack, and the Terminator. And it's going to be Billy has a plan to kill God is what it's all going to be. And next season is going to be about that. Yeah. And, it's, and, I it's, and then it was... I'm not even going to give them the whole season for that. Mid-season. Because they're not... They can't even sustain an abbreviated storyline for the entirety of the season. They can't even do that. And we have 20 episodes left, and most of them are going to be a waste of time. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. Two, four... I am not the biggest fan of season four, despite everybody else being, but I'm going to actually include it because I do think it's good storytelling. I just don't like it. Uh, two, four, six, ooh, even numbers. Those are seasons that when you get to the end of it, the entire thread of the first 21 to 22, depending on which season it is, episodes make sense. It all falls into, and I remember watching season six and everyone being so frustrated and being so, like, what is going on? What is the real story here? And when the finale ended, everyone went, oh, shit, that was brilliant. Because no matter how you feel about Soul of Sam or the Campbells or whatever, the fact that you can go back, you can go backwards from, from the man who knew too much and go backwards to season six and see everything that Sarah Gamble laid out that none of us caught while we were watching it. But it's there. It didn't come out of nowhere. She just did it with such a subtle hand that by the time it was a big reveal that Castiel had betrayed them and he was working with Crowley, by the time that whole reveal came and you looked back on Cage Heat other episodes and it was all there that's good writing that's good storytelling you cannot yeah, I totally this episode. Agree. 
You cannot do this with a season. Nothing in this season can you go backwards and go, oh, God's the real big bad. The problem is, is it wasn't even surprising. The minute, the minute Chuck showed up in this swaggy-ass jacket, snarking at Cass, like, but you called me. That's why I'm here. Don't I always come when you call? Um, I knew it was well, him. I knew it. He was unrecognizable to my to my friends. You know, she's like, that doesn't well, seem like Chuck because he's somebody else. That. Yeah, you mentioned you know? that. I was going to address that. So I saw the Michael Fury with a bunch of other people. And, like, not to be rude, but I don't understand how anyone could watch this season or even season 12 or 13 and remotely think that the character we saw was supposed to be Michael. I'll give you, if you would have thought that it was Lucifer, See that? given that, yeah, that's given me. the way Christian Keyes played Michael and the, the fact that Jensen continued that way of playing Michael, Instead of like, yeah, Chuck okay, and, like Chuck we, was nothing we've like had that. Characters, we've had characters that have taken up the mantle of another character that don't play it the same way. Like, I don't. I mean, look at the way Misha played Lucifer versus other Lucifers. It's not the same Lucifer. I, I, I just whatever it is, it's a mess. And I'm not even going to remotely try to be nice about it because I really don't care. Uh, Versus the, the way uh, Tomo and Jared both played Gadriel, it was the same character. And the way Jensen and Christian both played Michael, it was the same character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't Rob, know where Michael comes Rob, from. Rob Benedict, is, yeah, Rob Benedict is not the kind of actor who would have stepped in and played um, played Michael incorrectly. I mean, even Ruth played Michael correctly. I, just, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant like there's another person who's played Michael in the same way. So you would have you three actors the same character. Not correctly, consistently. Yeah. Well, I'm going to um, call it but... correctly. Uh, <laughs> see, I, okay. too, I, I, too, I agree with Marta in that I, too, thought that it was not Chuck. I thought it was somebody pretending to be I know, that's what I say. I could I, see where I, people I thought... thought it wasn't Chuck. I just don't see where people thought it was Michael. Right. I, I and, and the thing is, though, you know, I thought it was Lucifer, too. I was like, when, he first, when you first saw him smirking, you know, I was, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, no, the Chuck Lino would not be smirking over, you know, Dean possibly shooting Jack. The Chuck Lino would not give Dean a gun. And, you know, so I, I, I was well, thinking this. But the here's fact what that when he, when he snapped, here's the proof, though, that it was Chuck. He snapped his fingers and changed the entire world. Exactly. I, you know, yeah. Michael and Lucifer may be archangels, but they're not God. They wouldn't have that power. And I honestly think I honestly think that that the people who were thinking it was Michael and Martha thinking it was Michael or I honestly think they were trying to make sense out of something that wasn't making sense. It's like you know your yeah, your mind tries agree, to make yeah. sense of what you're seeing and and. And like, like this doesn't make sense, but I, I need it to make mm-hmm. sense. And, you know, yeah. you're kind of going back and you're like, supernatural used to make sense. So let me try and make some sense yeah. out of this. And, and that's why I'll, I'll, I'll give it to people who thought it was Lucifer or just like something's wrong. But I saw the Michael theory multiple places and like it was clear 
from the way they got rid of Michael that Michael was never intended to be anything more than like a pat on Jensen's head. And if I was Jensen Ackles, I'd be really offended. It was like, oh, you're upset that we got rid of Demon Dean too soon? Fine, here's your bone. We'll throw it to you. Jesus, him, it was insulting to viewers. And he deserves better than that. And they didn't give it to him. Remember back in the day when Supernatural would tell you at the beginning of the season what they're going to do, and then at the end of the season they yep. would do it. That, that's, that's what I meant. That's, that's proper storytelling. It's called payoff. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We used to talk about it on the podcast and say, okay, yeah. beginning of the season, and they keep saying this, and sure enough, that's where we'd be talking about it in the, in the finale. Like, mm-hmm. like Dean's going yeah. to hell. And nope, they never wavered. Sam never found a solution. And and Kripke sent Dean to hell, just like he said at the beginning of, of the episode. Yeah, the yeah. So, mm-hmm. yep. The, this whole shaky, you know, taking back, taking things that happened before, like, oh, that was cool. Now we're going to completely change it into something different, and that was irrelevant now. And you know, and shoehorning in characters that don't even need to be there, and just you know, none of it makes sense anymore. It's not good writing. It, they have great actors on this show. They need to give them quality writing, and you know, let them do what they can do. I mean, because Jared. And Jensen acted the hell out of this episode. I mean, especially in that scene mm-hmm. where Jared and Jensen are talking about where Jensen's telling him that he's going to pull, where Dean's telling Sam that he's going to pull the trigger. I mean, Jared tears up. Jared cries. Jared, I mean, Jared's talk with Chuck in the bunker. I mean, excellent, excellent acting. Dean uh, confronting Jack in the in the cemetery. I mean, not very few words there. But you could see in his face, in his eyes, the pain that he's going through. He didn't mm-hmm. want to shoot this kid. And, I mean, they're so good. Yet they're giving him, they yeah. give him crap. They're always amazing. And they, they always lift they, it up. They, yeah. They did the best that they could with this crap. But, unfortunately, yeah. it still didn't make it a good enough episode. You know, they said at the convention that for next season that they're working to make it the season that it deserves to be for a final season. And, oh, my God, I really I hope, so. hope and pray that they I are. I really want them because, to. I want oh. them to sit on, I just want them to sit at the table, literally, figuratively, on the phone. And, and, and you know, Jensen says he only reads one script at a time. I hope he changes that, that method and reads ahead along with Jared. And they are looking and they're pulling, you know, just, just, tearing it apart and making it worth it because when they, when they do that, which they did this season, I believe with, with the 300th episode, they were way more involved than, than usual from many aspects. We got a great episode and they don't, there's nobody that knows Sam and Dean better than Jared and Jensen. Nobody, not a single person (laughs) that knows those characters better than they do. And this show means a lot to them still after 14 years, no matter where it's gone and, and what it says and the quality, they show up to work 110% of 
professionals. He said, Becky, they act the hell out of their scenes, and and they deserve so much more. And if they've got to just just you know kick ass and take names next season, I I, I hope they can do it as mu- as much as as they can, and and it is a season worthy of Sam and Dean and their legacy, and they know the show is their legacy. Those characters, the situ- situation, um, it, it won't come their way again. Um, like Kripke said, it's lightning in a bottle. Sam and Dean, Jared and Jensen, they were lightning in the same bottle. That's how amazing they are. So I'm, I'm hoping that what they've said and that you're right and they will take more of a hand in it. Um, I, I remember Jensen saying at a recent con, he said, he, you could tell he wasn't thrilled with Mary Winchester's uh, initials on the table because he said Sam and Dean, those are very iconic, went from the car to the table. He wasn't big on it. And he mentions that other iconic things were going to be messed with. He didn't sound too happy about that. And I don't think he sounded was upset the end of the, He really what? didn't sound that upset either. Like, did, if you watch the entire video, he's not – all that he didn't sound thrilled to me. He I just said, I kind of like the idea of that. So, like, I'm he's sorry, not I don't remember him saying he kind of liked it, unless it's... He did. He did. Um, because not going to change Because of what everybody was talking about, so I watched the panel. He's not upset. He's matter-of-fact. Matter-of-fact is because he already knew what the finale was. That's why they make the woman in white Winchester joke. We just didn't know at the time. Because they already knew. Mm. Obviously, they I remember it. that. They were done. But I still don't think he didn't sound happy about I remember it. He didn't sound thrilled about it. He doesn't sound and upset, I knew he though. didn't sound thrilled he doesn't about sound upset. Mary Winchester. As a matter of fact, he's not upset. He doesn't, he's not upset about the iconography being played with. He, and regarding Mary's initials, he says he's conflicted about it because he liked what it represented, but he also liked seeing mom there. I didn't but hear it that regardless, way. Regardless, that, those are his direct quotes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not putting words in his mouth. That's what he said. No, I I'm know. I'm not going to his I, I real know. feelings. I, know. I don't I know. know. Yeah, I don't know what his real feelings are. He might actually be really upset, but he knows Samantha Smith is there in the, in the green room and can hear him. He's not going to be a dick. Uh, you know what? So it's, like, my, it's my poor choice of words saying up, upset. Maybe I should say that he didn't for this particular moment. I What I should have said is that he didn't sound real thrilled to me. And I, you're right. He's very diplomatic and very professional. He's not going to come out and say how much he hated it when Sam Smith is there. But, and I did watch, watch the video and I, I do remember what he said um, and I'm interpreting it, and I probably shouldn't do that because I certainly don't know what Jensen's actually thinking. It just sounded to me listening that upset, not the word, but he didn't sound thrilled about it. I can't say that he was happy. You're not really saying got, he's happy. I, You're just I, saying he's not upset. resigned. What? Me. Resigned. His tone was, I understand they're going to do this. And there's nothing I can do about it. They did it 
twice in the season. Are we going to ignore that suddenly any goddamn amulet can pull can can reach God? Since when does that bullnose ripoff that they showed us three episodes ago? It's the same as the amulet that called God the first time, except there was technically nothing special about that amulet. It was. It's all bull. It it makes no sense. And so there's two things Mm. in one season. I think Jensen was just resigned to the fact that he's going to have no say over it. Jensen also isn't going to change the way that he learned how to work over 20 years ago. He can't. No one can do that, especially for the kind of of job he does. He's not going to be able to read ahead. Maybe one episode, maybe. I don't even see him doing that. Um, I'm not. And even the boys kind of admitted it. I'm not overly confident that what they go bring to the table is going to play out. And they admitted that. They said, you know, they invited us, but doesn't mean they're going to listen to us. And I think really the most, the thing they're going to have the That's most true. say on is, I think what they're really going to have the most say on is what what the ending for the brothers is. Do they die or do they live? And how? It's probably I think, the but right I think, and I think that's and I also think that, that they will have more to do with it because I don't want another season of this terrible stuff, and I'm probably going to be. Stuck I don't with disagree it, with you. But I was. Just I don't agree with you. No, hoping. I don't want another season of this. Of this, but this finale sets up that it's more of the same. It's going to be more of the same. Hmm. Because you can't go well, back I'll take my bright spots of Sam and Dean when I can. We had a, like a Which nice little run in the middle of Which the season. But because yeah, every, and I, I saw um, multiple people saying this, saying, you know, this is good. You know, they've gotten rid of so much. They didn't get rid of anything but Mary. Mary's the only thing they got rid of, and she's so negligible in terms of the episodes that it doesn't matter. No one's going to notice. And as much, so we still have Jack. We still have Billy. We still have the Terminator. We still have Cass. We still have Rowena. We still have fake Charlie. We still have fake Bobby. We, everyone's still there. Got rid of a bunch of, a mm-hmm. bunch of characters that nobody knows their name. We got rid of Lucifer. And right? Mary. We got rid of Nick Lucifer. Right? Did we? I don't know, because the Terminator's still there. The well, yeah, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> Marcel oh, Greeno is yeah. there forever. When Superman yeah, is on, Mar- Greeno will still be on the CW playing Lucifer. I guarantee you, he'll <laughs> still be there in some fashion. <laughs> and God, I mean, I love Marcel Greeno. They'll just move him over to Charmed. They'll just move him over to yeah, Charmed I mean, and then over to the 100 and over to All America. Yeah, yeah. He'll, 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 he's going to play Lucifer he's on every show. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I love now, Mark Pogrini. So Mary, I want to see him in more things. But, I mean, come on. Yep. The guys, the characters had it. Like, like other speaking characters on the show, he's yep. run out of, yeah. Speaking of Mary, briefly, I was not happy to hear Dean say that Mom was his hero. It's like, since when, my dude? Ah, oh, such retcon everything. When? Oh my god! 
<laughs> no, never. She's never. She, you know what? They could let that out. He could have said she was my mom and I'm going to miss her. That would have been fine. Would have made perfect sense for that moment. Didn't have to say mom was my hero because she was. I saw other people who were upset with that. I had no problem with it. And again, not just because I actually like Mary, but because I say more than one people's my hero. My dad was my hero. My mom is my hero. You know, I, I say it about both of them. My brother, who is yeah. currently sick and in the hospital, he's my hero. I don't, you know, so I had no problem with it. Like that. In real life, things I, like that make sense. I agree. But when you're yeah, storytelling, yeah. you can't do that. She because was not a hero. A I, I, you can have more than then one. It a she wasn't a for hero. The characters, but you're changing something fundamental about a character when you do things like that. Because it's Real life and storytelling don't follow the same rules, which is why you read a book. Or, for example, like even the show, as much as we love it, the fact that, like, Sam and Dean run around saying Sam and Dean all the time to each other, like, in reality, how many times when you're near someone are you constantly addressing them by name when you're the only ones in the room? People don't do that. You do it when you're storytelling, like in TV, because if someone's just tuning in, you have to identify your characters. It's a rule. It, it, it's a storytelling rule. So in in real life, you can have more than one hero, and you can say, like, more. you know, this is important to me, this is important to me. But when you're storytelling, you can't change a fundamental thing about a character. So a character like Dean, where we were taught for – 14 and a half seasons that his hero was father. And to Mm. wedge in suddenly, my mother was my hero, makes no narrative sense. So it it goes back to bad writing. You can sit there, it's perfectly acceptable to say, I don't mind it, and it's okay to not mind it. I'm not going to take that away from you in any capacity. I am going to say that it's bad writing, though. Hmm. Um, we actually and it's have self-indulgent. He, what, what, what Andrew Dabb did is he went, I'm going to remove the thing that has been a consistent character trait for a character that I did not develop, and I'm going to insert the thing that I brought back and developed. Because I get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem. Again, yeah. I'm pretty sure now that the fear, the running theory that I had about the 300th is true. I think Andrew Dab was completely I don't even know the I can't even think of the word without being vulgar going to say anything. He was upset that whatever he wanted to do for the 300th got eradicated because Jared and Jensen could get Jeffrey D. Morgan. Mm. Because that 300 script is nothing, nothing like what they laid out at Comic-Con. And Jared and Jensen essentially admitted that once they were realized they could do something, and they didn't say it was Jeff, but we know it was Jeff, that they had to call the writers and be like, oh, by the way, we can do this thing. Rewrite. Yep. And that's what they did, which is why I'm pretty sure Andrew Dabb wasn't at the 300th party. He was probably doing last-minute rewrites. 
He probably had rewrites up until the very end, the absolute deadline. And if you want me to be sorry about that, I won't. <laughs> I no, no, I'm not sorry about it at all. One that was one of their episodes. No, of course you're not. And we, we, we purposely did not discuss this when we did our podcast for the 300th, but I'm going to bring it up right now just because it was my suspicion then, but I didn't want to play on the suspicion at the time, and now I feel comfortable doing so. That is why that script doesn't actually make sense. That script technically does not make sense. I don't care. Because I will take emotional over sense with this show. The problem with this episode is, and this this is the very first time that Carry On Wayward Son has played, and I have no emotional reaction. I was like, yeah, yeah, anyway. Me too. Because this season, this season didn't deserve that song. That song usually starts up at the end of a season, and I promptly start crying. It, it always does it to me. It's the song, and it's the scenes from the whole year, and it's always an emotional reaction to me, and it didn't happen this time. So, nope. there you have it. You know, uh, we have a caller. And they've been hanging on Ooh, for yay. a while. So so let's put them on. Hey, caller, I'm going to put you on the air now. Sorry for the wait. Hello. Oh. Just radio. Hello. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. Oh, I love that you are on the radio talking the way I feel. Well, welcome to the podcast (laughs) That finale And I was thinking What is wrong with me But you said everything I thought about God I'm glad to know it's not just that (laughs) (laughs) But I sat there And I felt like the Winchesters then were just like ploys or just like, you know, they had no value in his mm. eyes. Uh, did you all hear when when he asked how many worlds and God says to him, he says, oh, there's uh, many and there's many Sams and there's many Ds, but mm-hmm. you're well, my favorite too. I yeah, thought yeah. rating that was. Yep, him. And that, but oh yeah, oh yeah. So I was just listening to you because I thought, oh, finally, I I didn't want to tell anybody how I felt because I know everybody loves uh, super. I love Supernatural. It's just like I call myself the supernatural alien, you know. <laughs> it's like, but um, I felt I oh, and I'm also a writer, and that so I agree with everything you were saying on writing. But I said to somebody mm-hmm. like you were talking about this other person. I said to somebody, um, you know. This is how I look at this. And the person was like, no, no. And it, they came back. They weren't as involved, like you said. And they just came back and said, oh, I think Michael. I think Michael was God. 
this time. And I think Michael is going to come back in the form of God to destroy everything. And I was like, give me a break. Right, exactly. <laughs> it can't be Michael because he, he had too much power. Michael doesn't have that much power. What did y'all really feel about Jack? Because Jack, it's like God wanted Jack killed but and destroyed. But Jack had, you know, finally with Dean destroyed Michael. And then before Sam, you know, with the head injury, would die, here came Jack again to heal, you know. And Mm -hmm. Dean, with that gun from God, looks at Jack and realizes that he is good. He's just, he's so young. He's still not even a toddler. Right, he's basically only two years old. Yeah, but why did God want him destroyed? I think. Well, I have two. I have two thoughts on that because at one point, and this would have made sense, except it doesn't. But it, Sam at one point says, "Tells God you're afraid of him," and that was played, like whether it was scripted or directed or both, where Rob's reaction as Chuck is a genuine like, "Oh, you see through me." However that's negated by the fact that God immediately kills Jack, therefore proving he had the ability to do so all along. I don't know. I do think, I think the point, I think, I think God wanted Jack dead. I think he, this version of God, the Andrew Dab version of God, who is just Andrew Dab, uh, yeah. wanted entertainment of watching Dean and Sam agonize over it. And one of them decided to do it. And then there's the consequence. Yes, yes. I, I, I agree. Don't think, I think so too. I don't think, despite him saying like you two are my favorite, I don't think that him saying that he's that they're his favorite means that he necessarily cares whether they live or die. He just wants it's to just keep watching the soap opera. Mm-hmm. Right. If Dean had gone mm-hmm. through with it and killed himself by way of killing Jack watching Sam suffer would have still been entertainment to God. And watching Sam Sam go through the inevitable steps to get Dean back would be entertainment to God. And, of course, as God, he can manipulate the pieces on the board to make it so Sam can do so. So, again, he he offered to bring Mary back right then and there. Did you both pick up on the, the fact, too, this God emulated what Michael said he was mad about, his father. Mm -hmm. And Lucifer was mad about his father, God. And then Gabriel, all of a sudden when they brought this God forward, I was looking and I was saying, well, no wonder they felt that way. (laughs) It's like they were disposable. They were throwaways. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're exactly yeah. That that is one thing that it did 
pull through from the the past storylines that and may you know Michael Gabriel loose for all talks about their dad as being a jerk and all this and this did show well, that, that was always but, that was always supposed to be the base storyline of also Sam and Dean they have extreme daddy issues right but right to them yeah. they with their dad as a god like their dad was oh my god John Winchester which was a big oh, deal yeah. for them growing up as hunters and in the hunter community and then watching what their dad did and saving lives and all this. So the thread has always been the daddy issues that everybody has, which yes. most people as viewers can also relate to. Yes. So if you give somebody parental issues, specifically daddy issues because those are the most prevalent, then it makes your characters and your villains relatable, which you want because you want to watch you want to watch a villain like Lucifer, where Lucifer is giving his speeches, and he's the bad guy, and you're not supposed to agree, but like he's making sense. Yeah, and he's, he's making sense. The problem with current, more current villains is you're not listening to them and thinking that. And it was the same thing with, like, Amara. Amara was supposed to be a parallel for Sam and Dean, except that, like, this is what happens when siblings don't have a good relationship versus Sam and Dean who are stronger together. And the culmination was, well, now that Amara and Chuck have each other, then everything's okay now because they've recognized that they care about each other. It was just ham-fisted and poorly done because at no point are you listening to Amara and you go, oh, yeah, I get it. You're going, just stop, just stop. And that's how yeah. I felt Chuck also. Instead of Chuck being the bad guy that you identify with, and then you that kind of have it. to take stock in yourself, you're not. And especially in fandom, where so many people in fandom are creators of some kind, whether you're a writer, a fan artist, a, you make jokes, whatever you do, you're a creator in fandom. You should, as a creator, be able to identify with the creator so when the creator yeah, is yeah, so when the creator is saying I can do whatever I want, I can take I, the and the play on the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away was just not a good play to have because when you make yourself yeah. God and there's a difference between Kripke doing the the is Chuck God or not. Like, you could have played it either way because I'm one of those people who's like, no, I always thought he was God. But there are people who are like, well, I didn't. And that's, at that point, that's valid because it's not, it's not cemented in canon at that point. But once you cement in canon that the writer is God, the inevitable yes. truth is going to shine through. Yes. And wasn't he, he always knew that the apocalypse, everything, God stated, like you said in episodes before that, that he knew Dean and Sam would be okay, that they would handle it. No matter what he threw at them, he knew they would handle it. So now, how come he's so disappointed just because um, Dean didn't shoot Jack? Because it was a rather cute, in my opinion, it was the intent to make fun of the viewers and the fandom. 
It was, no, this is my story. How dare you not like my story? This is what oh, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's and what I feel about you. <laughs> not go along with it. That's so, that's so petty. <laughs> it's so petty. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and, and, and if you're a, if you're a writer or any kind of artist, visual artist, you learn from your early days in school to not take critiques personally it's yes. art is beyond subjective, and it's like okay, you don't like it, well, fine, and then you stand up to critiques because if the person giving them is worthwhile, is talented, educated, whatever, you listen to them and hopefully learn from them. But you also have to you have to like believe in yourself too and, and, and your creations and your work. But if you get the same opinion from a lot of different sources, then you think, well, okay, maybe I'm not writing this or painting this or dancing as well as I could. Let's change this. But, but you don't get petty. I agree. You know, you just don't get petty about it. There, there's something that's so changed in the finale and that's what really got to me. It wasn't like the same writer, you know, that we've come to know from one to this, 14, 18, you know. Um, it, it just hurt. It just was like I really love his writing, but um, I don't know. I was just mad. I was just mad, and I couldn't figure it out, and I'm going, how dare they, you know, (laughs) the the people that love these people so much. And like you say, Jensen, Jensen does such, and Jared, an awesome job, let alone Misha. (laughs) But um, it really is. I think you all have hit it on the head because um, I spent years writing, and um, I was really blessed that people related. And it feels good when the people relate to where you're going, you know. Um, And I always thought that was the whole thing, and that each character deserves dignity. And I told everybody, I said, um, this is how I feel about it. They as well have ended it right there, is what I felt like. Because the dagger was in the heart. I'm sorry, that's cruel. <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. It, it just was. It, I Because y'all want to hear something? My grandson is the one who started me watching season two is where I started. And then I went back to one um, is when, and my grandson was very young and he was always talking about it. Well, he came to Staple and he said, and he got me interested in. So every time I got my grandson, what he wanted to talk to me about was supernatural. <laughs> Uh-huh. And that 
<laughs> that's how I got involved. And you said, uh, one of y'all said you were in the Catholic Church. I'm in the Catholic Church. And so um, he got a little mixed up, you know, when this episode happened, how could God be so mean? You know, what do you tell them? I try to tell them it's just a story. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just to see. It's it's one person. It's a writer writing for television. It's his interpretation of his own story. It has nothing to do with your son's belief. And they need to. Some parents do need to say that because there's a lot on this one supernatural. Uh, I mean, you know, super, supernatural. There's a lot of young people on there, and I was reading, and I was reading from a lot of them. They were coming on after this and saying, how do I go to church and feel the same way about God now? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's a story. you got to separate it from. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there to confuse reality with fiction, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. I just I just don't know what to do to help them. Yeah, but you know, when I started with Supernatural, a lot of what I did like is I saw the places where it wasn't biblically the same, but. Then I saw the places where it was sort of walking down the same road, you know. And that's what actually got me interested in it. Um, Because in my older life, um, uh, the person who's a Catholic will understand this. um, I was called to be, act like a nun outside the church. So um, later on, uh, that's what I do. I go out and I work with the priests, you know. And I love feeding the homeless, and I deal a lot with the patients that can't get around, you know. Anyway, that's away from supernatural, but that's why when I first got interested, they spent years going along the right lines. Don't you feel like? Yeah, yeah. the the first few seasons, especially when Eric Kripke was on, and even, you know, the seasons of Sarah Gamble, I feel, you know, we were discussing it earlier. Those seasons, we feel, were the best written. And they were. Yeah, we, would, we would agree with you with that. That's what I was saying in the beginning, and that's what actually got me so interested in what they were doing. Um, and I have to say, my uh, I love the earlier, but the actual one, I love the most is uh, season 12. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the actual episode. But it's where Dean is losing his memory. Because yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, Regarding Dean. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know if anybody else out, out there had ever dealt. Um, I, through the church... Oh, coffee donut lady here. Um, through the church of the Alzheimer's and different things. And I can't talk about it too much. 
the Dean episode, I about cried because it so was, I felt they did a good job of actually mimicking what Alzheimer's is. Mm-hmm. You know, where you lose everybody, you lose, uh, you don't recognize your loved ones, you don't remember your name. Dean played that awesome. <laughs> I yeah, Dean is an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, can I be honest? I don't know. I am going to also, though, miss the show so much when it is gone. Yes, we will too. Yeah. I will oh, too. Can I, I ask too. for I sure? I know we're on supernatural, but can I ask what type of writing you were saying you're a writer? What kind of writing do you do? I I, I that was my minor in in college. I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my I minor. actually had a teacher. I was I was going for and I do have a degree in it. Radio, television, and print, and that, um, and you know, working behind the cameras and stuff. You know, my my and, minor was English lit, so uh, oh, when yeah. you take when you take I, English as a minor, you can also take um, classes that really like involve screenwriting or anything else, and it counts. So I did. Yeah, I got in the top of the literature classes in college and not even really understanding, but the um, this is what I do, with, I think, with Supernatural is the teacher, the professor came and she told me, she said, uh, how do you find the needle in the haystack? She said, because... When people read books, when people read an article, she said, so many times they don't find the needle. They don't see the needle. And she said, you see the needle and write about it. And, um, yeah, so years later I would end up writing. (laughs) So I appreciate writers. And I love reading other people's stuff. And that. Thank you. Well, and I mean, I really would. And I love, before anything happens, I love your radio show. I love listening to you all. (laughs) Oh, thank you. you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for calling in. Well, and thank you. And um, I'll be listening. And thank you for okay. letting me talk a little bit. God bless both You're of welcome. you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Well, thank oh, you for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. She said that bless both sweet. of you. So which one of us didn't get a blessing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she realized there were three of us, but she's a sweetie. <laughs> Like, hmm. I'll let you guys have it. You you guys can have it. Those are the Catholic ones. You can take the blessing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, that was nice. And and, uh, interesting opinions and actually thought we were making sense. So that was 
that we say? Yeah, which is good, good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not just us. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the finale? Sure, why not? I, I, I think we talked about it a little bit, but I really loved the scene with uh, it'd be nice to have a scene I loved <laughs> um, um, the scene where Dean has decided of course to go off and you know decide on his own to go off and kill God and uh, uh, Sam comes to see him and Sam knows what he's going to do and he tells him you know he's not going to be good with it he's lost too much like you were saying earlier, uh, Becky, just Jared and Jensen just do amazing things in, in that scene. They act so well. I liked also that Dean, instead of in his room, instead of being out in the open, he put himself in the corner behind the door. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it's like, you know, you put your back to the door so nobody can sneak up on you but he felt like he was in a corner and couldn't do anything else but make the choice he already had. Was he hiding or retreating a little bit, just wanted to be by himself before he talked to Sam? That actually was a lot of nice layers to that. And I also like that Dean listened to Sam and acknowledged Sam. I think both of them have come a long way in um, talking to each other. I mean, the brothers didn't spend enough time together this season, but when they have been together, they're definitely, their relationship is much more, Yeah, but then guess, he still ran off open. to do it and didn't. He still ran yeah, off Of course he did, because he's Dean. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and save Sam and, and all of that, but at least he's he's listening for and, and other things. So, though Dean says, well, I don't have a choice. And Sam says, haven't we always learned all our lives that we've always had a choice? And I'm like, Dean, were you not listening at the end of Prophet and Lost when Sam says, you know, we, we wait and we find something tomorrow, you know? It's like, were you not listening? So uh, anyway, but I, I, I really liked that scene very, very much. I mean, there's not a ton of things to like about this episode, but I like that one very much. One thing that I thought was super interesting, and if like if I gave Andrew Dad more credit, I would think it meant something, but I don't. So of course it means nothing. But the name of the place that they go to for the facial recognition is Mirror Universe, and mm-hmm. you know I thought when the when the first spoiler pics came out from paparazzi photos and they posted, I was like, oh, maybe this will be an interesting finale. You know, apparently. There might be a mirror universe involved, but then of course it's just for not mm. company. But the fact that Chuck did mention and Sam asked him about other worlds and he talks about other Sams and Deans and everything, you know, like I said, if it was any other show with any other showrunner, I would think these were these meant mm-hmm. something. The company name and Chuck bringing that up. But then again, I think yeah, that, I don't have a lot it, of it, confidence in that thought. Yeah, and it would be something. But. Even even back when, because I was hoping, and this is during Carver days, you know, of course, when 
they let Crowley's son live. You know, they're like, that's going to change everything. You know, they even mention it on the show. You know, it'll change the world by letting this person live who was supposed to die. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. So I guarantee you these don't mean anything. But it'd be nice if we did not yeah, like a different different writer, different story. That mirror universe would have meant something. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, right. just another. I mean, and not necessarily because you, you do, sometimes things like that are just like a director wink, like when Jensen named the gas station Levi's. Or, you know, right. guy is talked about it all. Oh, like, yeah. Guy be, they put on guy not to always do is that. that. Yeah. yeah. I I I think they just thought it was probably funny or clever. Um, yeah, like it's like like you said, there's no other depth to that to that possibility. It's just like, oh, oh, cool. You know, we'll name it Mirror Universe because everybody looks in the mirror in their faces. Oh, facial recognition. So, yeah. Because I mean, and then <laughs> again, when I, I went to bed last night thinking of theories because I was like surely to goodness that wasn't as bad as I thought it was <laughs> you know and <laughs> so I was coming up with theories for things that like mirror universe maybe this is a mirror universe Chuck where in this other universe Chuck is a bad guy and not a good guy <laughs> you know so I was thinking of things yeah about, again no that, no I'm giving him some more credit no that's no not gonna happen yeah yeah would there be would there be an alternate universe God or Chuck? Alternate universe Chuck, but not a alternate universe. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I know not, God says he he's lost count and he watches all of them. So to me, it's mm-hmm. always God. It's always Chuck. It's always God, no matter what. It's right, just his. No matter where. He use our own. So really, he's made really all annoying these. analogy. It's just different channels in his cable package. Right. Right. Like for I here, trying to come up the with CW. logic and maybe reason. in another universe they're on a ABC. Who knows? And that's the other in, thing that in, I was going to in my universe gonna, they're on HBO <laughs> and they can say and do <laughs> what they want. <laughs> well, and I was going to say that going back to like him saying you two are my favorite, but doesn't mean he doesn't like the other ones. Just like with right. us, and again. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving Andrew Dabb the credit of this because I don't think it's what he meant. I don't think he was going that deep. I'm just saying in terms of the dialogue as is, he never says you're the only ones I care about. He just says you're my favorites, which I do think to a certain degree Andrew Dabb was kind of being meta with that in that, I think he was trying to prove to us as the audience that Sam and Dean are my favorites. I swear. I just really, really, I, I also like, you know, wayward. Don't you guys like the wayward people? Cause I did. I really did. Well, but, but, but no, really I, Sam and Dean are totally my favorite. I promise. Mm. But yeah. I will say that if you're not someone as invested in that and as aware of those aspects, 
and can aren't going to pick up on the just derision in this entire script, then I can see how you could read it as, you know, if something happens with Sam and Dean, well, they were his favorite show, but that doesn't mean he doesn't like other shows. So I can say Supernatural is my favorite, but I'm also, I also really enjoy Doctor Who, and that's my second favorite show. Right, yep. Indeed. I, I did like that they I said like the that British they... Men of Letters was weak. Yeah, they did. No matter what it was. I like that they said it. Yeah, it it was, but again, if you're going to take swipes at writing, you take swipes at your own mm-hmm. writing. That would be like, yes. and I mean, I mean, and I don't mean critique. Like, there's a difference between critique, mm-hmm. which is like what we do, and what every person is technically allowed to do, whether you are trained in critique and and uh, film criticism, literature criticism, whatever it is, whether you're trained or not. If you watch any form of media, if you consume any form of media, you're allowed to critique it. Um, but there's a difference between critiquing something and if you're being, if you're trying to be self-deprecating, it would be like me saying, I wrote this book. Like, Becky and I collaborated on this book. Okay. And then Susan and I collaborated on the same, on a book. And then I wrote a book on my own, and then you each wrote a book on your own, and I only reference your two books with criticism, and I leave the books that I wrote with the two of you on a pedestal because I'm a part of those. You don't mm-hmm. get to do that. You I... critique yourself, and you have to accept criticism of your work. You don't have to enjoy it. And again, like <laughs> or agree with when it, Eric but you have to it. accept it. <laughs> yeah, when Eric did mm-hmm. it, like granted, um, Brad and Eugenie were no longer on the writing staff in season five. However, Bob Seeger was still co-EP. And it's, I mean, I'm sure he could, like, it's not like Eric and Eugenie didn't know each other and Eric and Brad don't know each other. They're all friends. They're still friends. They still hang out. We know this. So, mm-hmm. there, again, you want to take two things, because I'm pretty sure that the British Men of Letters was the brainchild of Eugenie and or Brad. I'm pretty sure. I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. ever said it, but I feel like that makes sense. Uh, so, again, you have two people who can, or three people, arguably, who can sanction a swipe, but then you take a swipe at Sarah. And while Bob Singer was involved in Sarah's season seven, again, Sarah's not there. The equivalent of talking shit behind somebody's back, really. Yeah, not nice. Not nice, not professional, not gracious. It's petty, as has been mentioned. Ugh, anyway. On a completely separate subject, though, um, apparently today <laughs> at the Family Business Beer Company was the second annual mm-hmm. Impala convention. They call it second annual Impala haunting, maybe. And there's a whole bunch of 67 Impalas there. And Jensen came out and checked them out and got his pictures and sat in on them. 
stuff. So check out those one pictures of are sweet. If you those pictures are in, incendiary. <laughs> oh my goodness! Just <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so I love I, that there's I'm a bunch of palace and, and a gremlin and a gremlin. Yeah, and the gremlin <laughs> you know, apparently <laughs> was it's the actual gremlin that Felicia Day um, drove as Charlie on the show. Cool. And there was a red impala in the midst of those black ones. And which one of our, so weird. Um, one of our friends, Claudia, from um, um, she does the um, So Geek Goss. Used to be So Geek Goss, now she's So Geek. Um, she had her blue impala there, and she has um, pictures of her sitting with Jensen in her impala. And he, um, hers is blue, and Jensen told her he need, needed to name it the Ice Stick. So I like that. <laughs> cool. Very, very cool. And and he said that he is going to take um, the first Impala from the show when it's over, and uh, he'll bring it to the Family Business Beer Company sometimes, which <laughs> cracks me yeah, up. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, yeah. He won't let anybody touch it. They won't get near it, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll bring it. <laughs> be funny if they have the gathering and he just pops in <laughs> you know like hey here's another impala for the <laughs> gathering hmm. yeah i think that's cool i don't know if there's any 67 impalas left in the country that aren't owned by supernatural or a supernatural fan <laughs> you know they did say they were getting harder and harder to find that's so. true and when you do find them, because nope. my husband is into cars and rebuilding cars and stuff, when you do find them, they always mention that it's just like the car in Supernatural, so they ask for more money. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> that was fun. Um, is there anything else about the finale that you guys want to bring up, talk about, rant about? I think we I just like covered everything. Yeah, I like something. <laughs> I have one nice thing. Oh, you, I really like ooh, okay. where where Dean destroyed the the cemetery gates so he could make wep- uh, make weapons for him and Sam. Oh yeah, I that like was that, good. that too. Yeah, yeah. getting back. I like that I like too. And getting back to basics, they were getting iron. Yeah, and he got two: one for him and one for Sam, and then they stood back to back. Like they always do. Very, very good. Yeah. And I love that they use that song, Motorhead song, because the words to it fit the scene perfectly. God is never, God, you know, is never on your side. You know, it it fits the episode very well. That's true. And again, it was classic rock. It was classic rock, which we haven't had a lot of lately. So I I did like hearing it. Yeah. I wish there was money in the budget next year for more rock and roll. Classic rock. Oh, me too. Oh, there's money you for know, it. I, I love how really... it used to be, you know, every episode would end with a song. And yeah, with, I, so if there is money for it. This show, there's money for it. The fact that they got a Taylor Swift song five years ago shows there's money for it. Is there's a desire for it? Clearly no longer. 
sad. Very sad. Very, very sad. Okay. Anything else you got? Anything else uh, of business or news or go ahead. Oh no no, I was gonna say I don't have anything. Oh I got nothing. Becky I'm gonna get off of here any and other news watch Jeff. I'm go I want looking forward to getting off of here and watching the Jeff Leopard induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on HBO. Oh, That's oh I'm nice. On. <laughs> yeah. I um I'm off to see because, you know, <laughs> the week hasn't been, like, you know, depressing enough with Supernatural uh, finishing and all that. I'm off to see Avengers Endgame tomorrow. <laughs> so that'll cheer me right up, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't watch any of those movies, but, yeah, I'm sure you'll love it. <laughs> oh. I'm sure everybody that I've seen looks like it's just been a grand old time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But I, I am looking forward to it because it's supposed to be very good. And um, I don't know, maybe I'll go back to watching Lucifer tonight. I'm enjoying that. I'm just watching. Oh, I was going to ask. Um, it's so good, isn't it? Which episode are you up to? Yes. I'm I'm still watching first season. I'm about halfway through. Um, shoot. I'm trying to think. I'm sorry, the last one just coming to it is. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it a lot. He's a lot of fun. Tom Ellis. And, is, um, Tom Ellis is awesome. Yes, um, and Lauren German. I like her here much better than I did when she was on Hawaii Five O. Her character there was not so great, but I'm really liking, really liking her much better on this show. I think they're all really good. I like the little girl Trixie. <laughs> She's cracking me up. Yeah, I like, I like Trixie Lucifer. a lot. Yeah. And he's like I little like human, Maze, little too. human. Yeah, definitely. I really like Maze, too. Yeah. I'll have to look up the title of where I am. It's like the fifth or sixth episode. I watch a couple at a time. I tend to watch them late, so I, I fall asleep. But anyway. And it, um, Phoebe Woodside is his brother, Amenadiel. Oh, he's probably one of my yes. favorites. I love him. Uh, love him. Remember him from Buffy? Yeah, yeah the he's just great. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward it's to them so. coming on Netflix, so they can me too, me too, me they too. can do what they want. Next week, I believe. <laughs> what? Next week, I believe May eighth, I think. Yeah, real soon. I'm way behind. But only ten, ten only ten episodes, which is disappointing. And for all you supernatural people, sorry that we're talking about another show. But Lucifer is so good; you should watch it. Yes, it's Lucifer. It has- <laughs> Has a lot of the same themes. <laughs> yep, this is true. Yeah, and you know what? Angels are still kind of dicks. So. <laughs> yes, yes, they surely are. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Anyway, Vinny, do you watch Lucifer or no? No, I'm trying to. I'm hoping you guys aren't like going to accidentally spoil me in this moment because no, I don't watch not, it. No, I thought I so. no. It's just staying no, very quiet. Um, Everything no, we mentioned in the first episode is just characters. Yeah, it's just characters, and I've only seen a few episodes because I can't, I can't spoil you for much. <laughs> I haven't seen that much, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. He's Tom Ellis. It's a real like tour de force 
for him. Yeah, he's definitely the he's a good reason to watch. Anyway, if we don't have any other um, supernatural Winchester Bros business to talk about, we've discussed the finale. Um, I guess we'll start wrapping it up. Um, this is our final podcast of the season. And uh, we will also be back next season for season 15, um, the last season of Supernatural, and it will be the last uh, season of Winchester Radio, I guess. Um, there's a chance, who knows, there would be a pop-up podcast over the summer. You never know. But uh, if not, we will see you in the fall. I'm going to guess October, as usual. For the first episode of season 15, thank you all very much for listening all this season to us, Um, possibly rant more than we ever have, but uh, we rant because we love, and uh, (laughs) um, we're, yeah, and, and, you know, I I still have hope, and I, my hope is named Jared and Jensen and Sam and Dean, because they were my bright spots for this season, and we had some we had a pretty good run here and there, uh, some episodes and some moments and scenes, and uh, I'll just remember those. Um, well, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next season. You guys want to say anything? Bye, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. All right. Bye, everybody, and we'll let the boys uh, play us out over our hiatus. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.